Jerry would. At what point do you think we should change the music? When we make something better. <laughs> <laughs> we worked long and hard on that song. I know. It took me so long. to. F- I mean, it took us so long to write it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of For the Love of Dog. Uh, my name is Steve McLean. I'm co-founder. And I'm here with Gary to talk a little dog uh, behavior, answer some questions. Gary, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm uh, I'm well slept. Awesome. I'm well slept. I slept well. Rested. <laughs> I'm well rested. I think is what I was looking for. Thank you. You look good. Thank you. I got a haircut. I'm very dapper. Got kind of too. Why is it with guys like when we get a haircut and it's this short? We look like we're ten years old. You're, I don't know what it is. Probably talking to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I your mohawk. When you get like <laughs> take, take this much this much off your mohawk, you look so much younger. I am low right now. I just <laughs> I just took two inches off. Oh my gosh! How so? When you shave it like for length, how long? Like a month, two months, three months? I do the side once a week, right? And then I do the top when it needs it. But it when usually it comes it? out. It usually comes out about to once a month. It, it's funny now that you say that it is a lot shorter than normal. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it starts to get thin at the top. You know, it's rough on your hair to do this to it. No, I know. I get it. I get it. And then like you, like I like it when it's like so long, it starts to creep over. It's a little wave. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I'm just going to do a Donald Trump part. And <laughs> and I did that the other day. I got out of the shower and parted it over. And how's this look to my kid? And he freaked out. <laughs> Dad, stop it. <laughs> I like that he freaks out that you don't have the Mohawk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's become the identity. Yeah. Most kids would go, Dad, why are you doing the Mohawk, yeah, man? You're a middle-aged man. Come on. Yeah, let stop. it go. It was a certain point, man. To stop. To stop. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, as usual, uh, the first part of the show, we're here to answer some dog behavior questions. Um, if you don't hear your question today, don't freak out. Please, you can email me anytime, steve at thelittlereddog.org, to ask me any question. I promise that we will ask it on air. This week, we're going to tackle a question that, that I get a lot. Um, it also happens a lot when I go to someone's house for training. We uh, always talk about it, and people are always asking me, why is it not a good idea to leave food out for your dog? Oh, yeah, the free feeders. Yeah. It's a different thing. You know, cats, a lot of time I think cat people, when they get a dog, they think this naturally assume that you should leave the the food out for dogs. I only had, I've only had one cat in my life, and we still fed it on a schedule. We is didn't that right? free feed the cat. Is that right? Yeah. And it may not Most, eat it at the time, but it would come over and eat part of it at least. Interesting. Like I don't know anything about cats. My experience with cat owners, they always leave the oh, food yeah, out. No. Do you guys do you guys leave the food out? Like Free feeders? When we when we shoot, I feel like it's only fair to leave it. Yeah, leave the food out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about I don't know anything about cat behavior. Yeah. No nada. Anyway, it's actually uh a, a super intelligent question and the answer is super militant and in my opinion I think it's not even opinion I think it's kind of fact you should never break this rule that you should you should always 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 pick up the food don't leave food out for dogs and there's a there is a, a genetic no. um, reason there's an instinct reason right Gary I'll, I'll give some people an out in that you, you, you know, maybe it's dogs. a senior yeah, oh, yeah. it's old a dog dogs, yeah, but. or a dog that's that's having a hard time maybe with cancer or something like yeah. that. I get it. Gut issues. Right. But yeah. We're talking Except about for physical in, issues. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about day in, day out. Average Joe dog. Um, yeah. Any age. Your, your normal dog should not be 
should not have their food. Basically, what what food is to a dog is it's the ultimate reward. It's why they live. You know, if you look at a dog in a wild, that is what their energy is spent doing in a day is going out and getting food. It's all about food. So, yeah, their life cir- circulated around it. So for you to basically give the highest level of reward for free, right? you are taking that reward and reducing its value across the board. So if you want to, you know, give the dog a treat, it has less reward sure. value right. because it has a food source that's at its disposal. So it kind of goes back to what I always say. Everything a dog does should fit into three categories. It can always do, it can never do, or it can do with permission. Right. And if it can go get food all the time, you know, without permission, then you have you're going to have a problem. Yeah, you're taking away your best tool. Yes, and you know, for you got dog. an old lab or something that you know is will won't overeat, you know, and any of that issues, then you're probably not going to have a problem. But if you have any kind of dog that you are trying to train to do anything or needs any kind of behavioral modification. I absolutely you've taken your greatest reward and flushed it. Yeah. And I want to take a deep dive into this question um, and start from, you know, square one. I mean, we've kind of talked about this before and I want you to, you know, interrupt me anytime. The first thing you have to understand are dogs genetically, you know, 98.6% gray wolf. Everyone gets tired of me saying that, but it's super important that everyone listening right now understands that because that's step one. Step two is uh, because of this instinct, um, because genetically they're a wolf, they have the same instincts, right? Okay. So when Gary says it's all about food and they spend their whole day about food, okay, what Gary's talking about is when a wolf pack goes out with the alpha, the alpha says, okay, we're going hunting. The whole reason for us going out is we're going to kill something. And then as soon as we kill this thing, whatever this beast is, the alpha gets to eat first and gets to eat stock away a little for savings account. Yeah. And we can actually talk about that too. I find it fascinating. In fact, just really quick sidebar, the alpha of the pack has, it's not a big deal for the, for the, the dog to take or the wolf to take extra food, eat extra food, go somewhere safe. some somewhere that no hidden regurgitate the food, cover it up and use it for a rainy day. Yep. Right. It does two things. Or even if he doesn't, just doesn't let the other. Exactly. This does two things. It keeps the rest of the pack a little bit weaker. So no one's going to challenge him, challenge him. Right. Also, it's a guarantee that if he's a little bit more hungry, he can go to a secret spot and eat. So I want everyone to understand whether you own a Chihuahua, a Great Dane, a pit bull, they're all wired this way. Dogs will, in their mind, they're never going to get fed again. Yep. So if you keep that food out, you know, you've taken away their reason to work. Yeah. It's just like if there was an empty pile of cash sitting around all the time, we would not be motivated to work. I know I wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Some people are, a lot of people are better than me and they would work just (laughs) to to better themselves. I ain't one of those people. Well, that would work better if you weren't tied to the little red dog for 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week and losing money doing it. But (laughs) yeah, where do I sign up for this money uh, left out for me all the time? If you got too much money, that pile of money, start a dog rescue. It'll go fast. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) But yeah, basically what you have, you're doing is you're turning over their power structure in that, like you, like you hit on, uh, they have an internal, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. I'll have to come back to that one. Well, it's in their DNA, you know, to understand if you fulfill your job on this dot on this walk, 
you're going to get rewarded yeah. for that. Is that what you're yeah, looking for? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That basically, they're controlling the reward. Yes. That the alpha is controlling the reward. And right. when you give it, you know, uninhibited, you're basically taking that dog and making them think, I have a food supply right, right. over here. So why would I need to listen so to you? So exactly. So I'm the alpha now. Right. Right. So yeah, you're, there's a lot of undercover hidden stuff that you wouldn't necessarily know is going to happen to the dog's personality by doing that. Right. And um, I, I, I've never actually kept track on the, on my training sessions when I do go out and, and the, the, the family's complaining about the bad uh, behavior, I would say at least seven out of the 10 situations they leave the food out. That's not the only thing that they do wrong. Wow. Seven out of 10. That's but, high. Yeah. But I mean, for me, yeah, almost all the time, at least 70% of the time they're leaving the food. Yeah, out. That's probably 50% of the time. For yeah. Me. And I think that I, I tell people this all the time. Sometimes you have to put your sweetness, um, and your, your, your soft heart in the back of your brain. That's not hard for me. Maybe that's why it's not hard. Dog for me. training comes so natural to me. <laughs> well, I think it comes natural to me because I'm an only child. So I'm kind of used to wanting to do things on my own. And yep. that comes, that helps me very well with the dogs. Yeah. With the rest of my family, it does me no good, <laughs> <laughs> but with the, with the dogs, it, it definitely helps. Um, and I, and I, I really want people to understand that dogs, especially if you do not leave food out, Dogs never understand that they're going to get fed again. To them, once they're done eating, where can I get more food? Yep. And, you know, you um, again, you can just keep feeding the dog, keep feeding the no, dog. No, I tell people all the time yeah. that dogs don't have any quantity no, they measurement. Don't. No, they you don't. can give a dog a, you know, I use the Rachel Ray treats that they donated to us. <laughs> right. You can give that dog the whole treat and it'll the look grillers. At, it'll <laughs> knock it down and wait for the next one. Yeah. Or I can break it down to the size of a pea and give it to them and they'll be waiting for the next one. It doesn't matter how much or how many you give them, they'll always be waiting for more. Right. So now you're leaving it to that dog who has no quantity center to measure its own food. Right. Right. So, and a lot of times that what that ends up doing is the dog that's overweight. Right. So just to kind of review, I want everyone, all dog owners to understand that the routine is with dogs until the day they die is you go out in the morning for the pack walk, you expect them to perform well and you, and you, and you start teaching them your expectation of that, what that looks like. Okay. The dog is never allowed to dictate any of the dog walk action. There's no stopping. Go, go, go. In the dog's brain, if you've been working on this, the dog expects to be rewarded for the good behavior on the walk, right? And that's where the food comes in. So it's so important that everyone understand this routine. Now, let me add this final thing before we go to break. I've worked with some hardcore dog trainers. I don't know if you've ran across anyone like this, but I've ran across some dog trainers that are so hardcore in the morning that if the dogs don't walk to, to their satisfaction, they don't get fed. I've never used it for dog walking, no. but I've done it for other behaviors. Have you? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the sure. ultimate flex on a dog. Right. I always it's tell not people being dog behavior is replicating what dogs do. That's, that's and right. And what dogs do is when you do wrong by the alpha, you don't get fed. Right. Right. So if you take food that doesn't belong to you, you've now taken that. You've given up your breakfast. Right. Right. And I explain to people, I always feed my dogs in the morning. I don't have the stomach to not, not feed them. However... I always want them to think that they're not going to get fed. Yeah. And uh, it's the same ritual every morning. Sometimes I pick up the food, you know, while they're in the middle, of, while they're eating and make them look at me just as a reminder. Yeah. This put is it back mine. Down. Yeah. 
So um, I think that's probably, I think we probably beat that to death. Yeah. I think so, yeah? Yeah. All right. This is All a right. good topic, though. All right. Yeah. All right. When we come back, um, I think PJ is coming. I think Sweet. she's going to replace you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She's going to kick I'm one of us I'm going to the out. beach. All right. We'll rock, paper, scissors. She's right. going. <laughs> <laughs> I won. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in for the love of dog. Totally good news. New Road is back with their food. However, it's only treats. That's okay. We love the treats. You saw Gary try them weeks ago. Not weeks ago, months ago. Either way, it doesn't matter. They're great. They're terrific. Treats only. The promo code is REDDOG15, all caps. Type that in when you're ordering. You get a discount, plus we get a little bit of a donation. We love it. Please check it out. New Road. Thanks, everybody. I think she was going to get some sympathy there. Yeah, now she's going to be mad at me. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. PJ Rush, our leader, has slipped into the studio. I don't know how she does that. She kicks Gary out all the time. Poor Gary. Why do you kick Gary out? What did yeah, he do? Gary could stay. No, he gets intimidated. If I never had to be in this chair again, it would be fine by me. (laughs) He gets intimidated. Well, I think our audience would not like to hear that. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. Our audience of three? Yeah. Yeah, I know my mom likes hearing you. Come on now. Come on now. How are you doing? Besides grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Good. It was a very challenging week. It was a horrible week. Yeah. It was... There was some good. There was some goodness. Unfortunately, in dog rescue, I've learned that we get to celebrate for like this much and then the bad stuff is like yeah, this Yeah, you much. celebrate, you celebrate for a second. And then you go right the to listeners, can you can you describe Oh yeah. Size? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for the listeners. Thank you, Nicole. It's a second. That's why I said it's a second. It's like um it's like an inch of celebration to like a um 500 yards <laughs> of pain yeah. and agony. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> you know, we we love what we do. It's okay. It's just very challenging and this week was one of those really challenging weeks. Yeah, the reason why it was so challenging, it's a typical um you know, a dog that we adopted, we won't name names. Um, we adopted this dog out like, pre, like pre-COVID, right? Like no, right it was before? during COVID. It was about five months ago. Okay, so, it's so been, we're it's, almost not, not quite the, the height. Yeah. And um, dog got out. It's a great dog. The dog didn't get out. They had the well, door open. did get out. No, sorry. It's not like the dog snuck out. Right. The door was left open. They Here's knew the dog was there, and they, they let it, it It went out, and it went after another dog. For those of you that don't know this, PJ and I are married, so anything that comes out of my mouth is instantly going to be corrected. You just need to, you need to tell the story correctly. Let the dog get out. But it makes it sound like the dog, it was the dog's fault. It was not the dog's no, fault. No, it was totally human error. That's part of the frustration on the story. Is it was easily controllable. It could have been preventable, it, yeah. Yes. Humans exactly. weren't paying attention. The dog got out. As the dog gets out, it's it's like all dogs when they're amped, you know, heightened state of uh, emotion. Sees a little dog. Um, Goes unfortunately, after the dog. went after the little dog. The human that uh, was involved with the owner uh, went out to try to separate the dogs. Of course, the Young man gets bit. And We're going to do a segment someday about how to break up a dog 
fight. The correct way to break up so a dog fight. So you don't fight. get bit. So you don't get bit. And then in California, probably like most states, once a human gets bit, then animal control is involved. Unfortunately, with this story, the little dog that was uh, uh, got attacked had to be euthanized. It did not make it. Did not make so it. So again, preventable. Story. Yeah, horrible story. But this all the this whole thing is human error, and the reason why it makes life so difficult is now this really good dog, because of human error, and the way animal control works uh, in Orange County, California, now the dog is at risk of being put to sleep, um, and there's not a lot of leeway on what to do and to get this dog a out of jail and into a new home um i mean i get it animal control is doing their job but in this case you know we animal control frustrates me a sure. lot but Wait, in this case more. i don't think that they're necessarily wrong or they are doing no. their job no, and it's, it's a little and bit more we were also told that this owner um this is the third incident. I guess the other two weren't really right. reported, but so so the dumbasses have actually done this multiple have been stupid multiple times, preventable multiple times, and like you said, now the dog is probably going to pay for it with its life, um, which well, you know goes back on us too because we sure. did adopt to this person. We made a bad choice. We made a very bad decision. Um, well, what's the part that's frustrating to us is the family's not willing to. They don't want to do by, anything. They're not wanting to stick by the dog. They're willing to let the dog go, um, and just, that's what's frustrating. Yeah, especially since it was their fault. You know, this yeah. wasn't a bad dog, like you said. If this was a dog that was iffy or you know was bad, right. they tried and it was doing bad things. I could understand, but this yes, is dog. not a bad dog. No, this dog's never done anything, and bad. it's a really frustrating thing. And uh, you know. I mean, That's, even the animal control officer said this is a good dog. Yes. This is a dog that deserves a family. But the way the laws are, so th this is where we are. So <laughs> because this dog has now been deemed dangerous and it lives in Orange County, the law requires that either you have to have a million dollars worth of coverage on the dog, Insurance. which is $2,000 a year, roughly. When you take the dog out, it has to be muzzled. Where the dog is living, there has to be signage up that it's a dangerous dog. And then on top of that, the fences have to be X feet tall. I'm not really sure what the requirement is. So anybody that wants to possibly adopt this dog out of animal control, they're making it almost impossible because right away you have to spend $2,000, blah, 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 blah. To me, none of that is insurmountable. The problem is, is that if it's not... If it wherever it goes, whatever county or you know whatever um, animal control is involved and in where it would go, that animal control has to agree that this vicious dog can come live there. Right. And and again, I'm using the term vicious dog because that's what they're using. It's not a vicious dog, but there's not a lot of animal controls that are going to agree to have a dog like that come with with that tag, right? With sure. That tag that it's got the scarlet letter now. Sure. A v. Especially in California. <laughs> um. And there's not a lot of animal controls that will let uh, let that in. You know, they don't want that in. Um, and the other things aren't, you know, insurmountable to do. And that's what was so frustrating about the family. If they really cared about the dog, it would have been easy for them. But clearly they can't keep the dog inside anyway. Right, so I right. don't think I would trust them with the dog anyway. So. Right. And I think um, what makes all of this so difficult to swallow is like everything else. It's always the family's fault. Yeah, it's, it's not the, the dog's fault. fault. And again, I, I, 
there's a lot of victims in this like the the dog that passed you know that's horrible and i'm you know i'm sad about that and those people have to deal with losing their dog and i'm sure they're not super happy um the dog that we adopted out you know is is gonna probably pay a pretty hefty price um for this incident and again she was just being a dog i mean and had she been on a leash or been in another room or not allowed to be outside off leash this wouldn't have happened right right yeah, and I mean, I did talk to the family. They're they're not willing to budge. They're not gonna. They don't want to go through it and keep. No, the they're dog. ridiculous people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what boils down to. Um, people are always passionate about adopting a dog. They'll um, never give up. They'll the never dog. give up the dog. I don't. You know, people don't spend a lot of time thinking about what could go wrong and and thinking and going through that scenario. Um, am I going to be the better human and, and stick with this dog? Um, I know we always use the analogy, geez, I hope you don't give up on your child this easily, but sometimes it, it feels like they would. <laughs> I think if it was legal, you know, and, and socially acceptable, it's socially acceptable to give up on a dog. We hear that all the time. Like I, people say, oh, you know, this dog, you know, it, it's, you know, it's very territorial and I'm pregnant. So, you know. You know, like like that's yeah. and that's okay, and of course it's not to us. But honestly, the problem is, is that our uh, we and our team all feel like everybody we adopt to is going to be like us. You know, we went through a very similar situation with our dogs because a neighbor's dog got out of its leash and came onto our property, and a fight ensued. And this was years ago, and we had to go through all of those steps: right. the dangerous dog hearing, we lost, right. we had to go to court. Right. You know, there was just you know one thing after another with that, and um, and I'm still pissed off about it because, you know, our dogs weren't bad; it wasn't their fault. They were provoked, and all of those things, and you know, we still had a year and a half that took. But we did it. You know, I didn't go back to the, you know, where I got my dog from, the Downey shelter, and go, oh, I don't want this dog anymore. And, you you know, we right. didn't take it back, tank back. I mean, we just, we put up with it. And right. had we lost, we would have done what we would have had to do. Sure. We would have had the million-dollar bond. We would have muzzled them. We would have put right. the signs up. We, we would have done all of that because I wasn't going to give up my dogs. Yeah, I think that's that's the key word is when we're interviewing people, we're trying to figure out: uh, Are you are you always going to keep the dog no matter what? And the problem is, people lie. Mm-hmm. They don't know they're lying. They think that they can they can put up with it with the pain of whatever might be going coming down the pike. But what they don't understand is, just because we want to act some you know, just because we want to be the better person in a tight situation doesn't mean that we're going to be. We just always hope that we're going to be. And I don't know what question to ask on the application to figure out if these people are lying or not. I don't know. I'm not sure that you can get to that because it's a variety of things. Like, you know, we recently got a dog back that was adopted at eight weeks and they raised that dog. They raised that dog for 10 months. I guess so really eight months because he was already two, two months old when they adopted him. And he was doing behaviors that they didn't like and she was pregnant so she said i'm i just don't so instead of spending time and doing the the training and getting the dog to do what he's supposed to do she took his puppy months and now this is a nearly a year old dog with problems and she gave it back to us and right. I think, you know i think three in that situation she just wanted a puppy she just wanted something and now sure. that she's going to have a baby she didn't care about the dog anymore she right. wanted right to just get rid of it so unfortunately um I think we were going to talk about animal control and we really started talking about people. But. Well, it's just the situation that we're in. And 
in this particular um, incident, uh, because the dog did indeed kill another dog, in animal control's uh, defense, their hands are tied. There really isn't any gray area. You know, I, I think about it a lot, too. I mean, everybody knows that I feel that every dog deserves a chance and multiple chances in some cases. I mean, we do spend, a, not only do we spend a significant amount of money to physically and, and you know, health, you know, health-wise rehabilitate dogs, but we spend that also on trying to do behavior modification or, you know, training or whatever the dog needs. But, you know, I thought, I've thought a lot about it and I think, you know, would I want her living next to me? I have little dogs, you know, and that's something that you have to think about. So yeah, I do think their hands are tied. I don't think that they're being unreasonable. That's not always the case. And a lot of times I think animal control is unreasonable, but. Well, to answer your question, I would have no problem with this dog next door to us. But I would have a problem with that family was next one hundred percent, and I think that's what it boils down to. And animal control has no; uh, they can't make a call on the owner's intelligence. <laughs> you know, they well clearly we can't either. Yeah, we can't, so. and so it's and unfortunately. Um, there's some exceptions, but there's no way you can prove that this family yeah. was ir- totally irresponsible. It was compl- even though they were they irresponsible. They were completely irresponsible. But right, but but not in a lawful way. But I think that's a good point. If that dog lived with you and me, yeah, then it would be no problem because that dog is sure. never getting or, out. You're Gary or, or Jennifer that was right. You know, Any of the people, whoever. Anyway, any um, dog savvy type person. I know we need to wrap up, and I don't want. To, I'm going to take a page out of Nicole's um, book, and I don't want to wrap up on a on a, da- a downer. Um, downer. So you know, we did have Gotti who um, came to us paralyzed back legs. We did, um, you know, she had IVDD. We worked with her. She was in a great foster uh, recently. Maybe not so much the first foster, but um, she's really come a long way. She's super great. Um, she's walking. She, you've seen maybe some of the videos on um, on Instagram. She's actually sashaying around, and she got adopted um, by a very yeah, sweet family. So that is huge. Right. And then I don't know that we ever talked about Nina getting adopted. Also Nina big. was almost three and a half years with the rescue, so she got adopted, um, and both seem to be really thriving in their new home. So that's when we'll get the, we'll do the high five for that and uh, end on that note <laughs> yeah well again it goes back to the uh, lauren's question a couple of weeks ago when she was sweet enough to come interview us um about the rescue and she said you know she wanted to know what the experience was like and she said give me three words and i said blood sweat and tears <laughs> but the tears were happy tears yeah and i think those last two examples were the happy tears for sure absolutely so, thank you good. Well, PJ, thanks for swinging by. Yeah, no Apparently, problem. Apparently, I didn't know you didn't love it doing this. <laughs> okay, I guess we have to find a replacement, everybody. Oh, good. Start sending your resumes in today at steve@thelittlereddog.org. <laughs> we'll fit you in. Thanks, everybody. Please tune in. Subscribe for the love of dog. Thanks again, PJ. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, guys. See you next week.